Today at the Radio Backyard Fence, we are going back to our very first live program of 2023 on Chris Fabry Live. And what a great way it was to start the year. The cover of her Bible fell off. That Bible is beaten and battered and weathered, and there's a good reason it's fallen apart. And Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth is going to tell us about that today on Chris Fabry Live. Welcome, friend. Great to have you with us during the last few days of 2023. Christian McMillan, our producer, had a really good idea a few weeks ago. She said, hey, Chris, what if instead of playing best of broadcasts that are unrelated What if we do a spiritually encouraging series of programs we featured right at the end of the year? And I thought, well, that's a really good idea. So if you agree with me that it was a good idea, thank Tricia. (laughs) We had the two Michaels on Christmas Day. What a fun program that was. We've dealt with reading the Bible, memorizing the Bible, and now today, Bible journaling. This was the first live program of this year, way back at the beginning of January. And I'll explain how we came up with the topic here in just a minute. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know the struggles and the triumphs, the difficulties, the hardships. But my promise today and in the days ahead is this. If you will listen to this daily conversation we have and participate with us, you're going to take something good away And this program, even today's program, might lead you to a spiritual fresh start that you're looking for. And when I say participate, it's kind of a loaded word. I don't necessarily mean that you will call with a question or make a comment on social media. Participation means that you are listening with your heart. You're leaning forward a little with your heart open to what God might want to say to you today. I think that's the secret sauce of allowing God access, and you're going to hear more about that straight ahead. Now, if you hear dated information, if you hear me give a phone number and tell you to call, if you hear us say, well, here at the start of the year in January, it's because this aired on January 3rd, 2023. So disregard any of those mentions. Let me thank uh, Tricia McMillan for her ideas and her Uh, Being our producer this year, Ryan McConaughey is doing all things technical. Tahira was in the chair for today's program, and it was the first time she was producing for us. So hats off to Tahira. And also thanks to Tom Mathis, who was helping out in Grand Rapids. We are right at the end of 2023. December's a big month for every ministry. Would you consider sending a generous gift of support before January one? It would be so encouraging for us. I'm just going to say that. I'd love to send you a copy of my novel, Saving Grayson. But more than that, would you you get involved? And here's how to do it. 866-95-FABRY, 1-866-953-2279. Or go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org. Scroll down, you'll see how you can partner with us or be a friend of the program. Thank you for what you've done this year. If you haven't reached out to us, Do that today. Oh, it would be so encouraging. Again, go to chrisfabrylive.org. On November the 9th, Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth joined us, and we talked about God's sovereignty and our lives. Heaven rules was what we discussed. And after the program, Nancy said, hey, Chris, I got a topic idea for you. And my ears perked up. Journaling the Bible, she said. And I said, tell me more about that. And she did. And when she explained it, I said, 
I don't think that's, uh, I don't just think that's a good topic. Let's do that the very first program of 2023, because I think there are a lot of people who want to do exactly what you're talking about. And that is get into scripture for myself and wade through it and ask questions. We're going to talk about that. I think it's going to spark a fire in your heart today. Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth is founder and lead Bible teacher for Revive Our Hearts, a ministry dedicated to calling women to freedom, fullness, and fruitfulness in Christ. You hear her on Revive Our Hearts and Seeking Him. number of books we've talked about through the years. She and her husband, Robert, live in Michigan. Nancy, Happy New Year. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Chris. And the Lord has been kind and faithful to us for the past year. And now we look to the future. We have no idea what the year will bring. But the Lord knows, heaven rules, and by his grace, it's going to be a good year, filled with his goodness, no matter what happens to us in this year. So I'm, I'm looking with anticipation to what the Lord's going to bring. And if the no matter what has happened to you already this year, and there are a lot of people, you know, I have friends and family members even today have gone through surgery and the questions that we have. The no matter what is an opportunity for us to lean into that whole sovereignty thing that God is good, that he has a good plan for us. He cares about us, even when it feels like he's distant or I can't sense uh, the care that I want to, right? Totally. And I, I'm i of the belief, in fact, over the years, Chris, I've said, if I could only give one women, uh, one message to the women I speak to, we do 260 programs a year on Revive Our Hearts. I've written many books. But if I could only share one message, it would be the importance of getting into God's word and getting God's word into us. Because in the no matter what seasons of life, and we all have them, some are in them right now. The questions, if it's about God, sex, and your marriage, yes. about finances, about raising children, about decision making, about, you know, uh, job security or anything you can ask. If our hearts are saturated and steeped, you know, I, I, I drink tea, hot tea every morning and I take that tea bag and I steep it in the hot water mm. till the tea infuses the water. If we're steeping our hearts in the scripture, then when we come to those questions, those perplexities, those hard decisions, those um, difficult providences of God that we can't figure out, we're going to have the ways and the heart of God infused into our beings, our souls, our hearts, our minds, so that we will have the wisdom and the grace to respond and to receive God's providences. So I I grew up in a home where my dad just started every day in the word and that something about that caught in me. My sweet husband is the same way. He says, you know, the throne before the phone. So he's <laughs> he's starting in the word each day and I've had those great examples and I can't say that for me it's always the very first thing in the day, but I know that decades now of steeping in the scripture has made all the difference in every season of my life. And I believe that for everyone listening. I I love that word steep because, you know, when you get into the steep incline of your life, you know, if you've steeped yourself, you've given the Holy Spirit an, uh, an opportunity to work in your life and bring things to 
memory. I grew up on a farm, so I was thinking about a cow ruminating, you know, chewing its cud, which is kind of a gross thing to think, you know, it's got four stomachs and it's doing, but it's exactly what we're talking about. This is not for a, just Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth or a pastor or missionary or Bible teacher or a you know, somebody who's teaching God's word at a seminary. This is for the everyday person who really wants to connect with God on a deep level themselves, right? And there's such joy in this. You know, a lot of people think of your quiet time or your daily devotions or reading God's word as kind of an ought. I should do that. I know I should do more. And at the first of the year, you know, we're making resolutions. I will read through the Bible and we get to Leviticus, and then it's all over, you know. Um, But if we could come to see what an incredible privilege it is to sit in God's presence, to come before the King of the universe, and to listen to what He has to say to us, and the joy and the delight. But Jeremiah said, your words were found, and I ate them, and they became Mm -hmm. the delight of my soul. You read Psalm 119, that long, 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 long Psalm, and the overwhelming impression you get is that David loved the Word of God. It was sweetness. It was honey. It was life. It was light. It brought joy. And so this is not a have to. This is a get to. If we want joy and perspective and to have our hearts grounded when the whole world is in trouble and turmoil— then we've got to stay connected. We get to stay connected to the scripture. It just, it, it's, it's the kind of thing that doesn't make an overwhelming difference on most particular days, just like the whatever I ate yesterday isn't going to make or break my whole life. Mm-hmm. But a habit of healthy eating pays off in the long run. You start to feel better. You start to look better. You start to think more clearly because you're not filling your your body with junk. And as we day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, little by little, fill our minds and our hearts with the scripture, then we find ourselves thinking biblically, drawing close to Christ, knowing what he would think when we have a question that we don't know how to answer, or where somebody comes to us and says, can you help me with whatever, and we go, I don't know, but we can know. We can have that wisdom. And again, it's not just for pastors or preachers or radio teachers or, you know, authors. This is for all of us. What a gift. What a precious gift God's Word is to us. And if I could have any legacy for my life, I'm getting now to the age where I'm thinking a lot about legacy. If I could have any legacy, it would be that people were inspired by my life, by my teaching, by my writing, by my relationships, that they were inspired to know God through his word, to live it, to love it, to follow it. And I just know that would make all the difference, not only in time, but in eternity in their lives. So this week, the the first couple of days of the month, five years ago, something started. It's the answer to the question we have, why is Nancy's Bible falling apart? You're going to find out about that. And my guess is there's something we're going to talk about today that is going to energize your heart to lean into God's heart through his word. We'll talk about that more straight ahead on Moody Radio.
This is Chris Fabry Live on Moody Radio. Thanks a lot for joining us today. Our special guest is Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth. She's not with us live. This is a Best Up broadcast from January the 3rd, and it was in November of 2022 that Nancy was on with me, and we were talking about what was going on in her life and what she wanted to write and, and a program that she was thinking about doing, and we came up with what we're talking about today, which was Bible journaling. On Instagram, I saw a picture of Nancy's Bible. The cover was not there anymore. It was falling apart. It had been so well used. Tell us why, Nancy. Well, it didn't start that way. Uh, Five years ago, a sweet friend gave me a brand new Bible. And it was a different translation than I had read through before. It's the Christian Standard Bible, and I had been wanting to read through that just to get familiar with it. And the, the uh, version she gave me is, they call it a note-taking Bible, but it's it's the whole text of the scripture, no extra notes or study notes. But then on each margin of each page, there are just blank lines. So a lot of extra space. I'm leafing through mine. And on January 1 of 2018, I opened a Genesis 1 and I said, okay, I want to read through this Bible and I want to journal. I had never journaled through the Bible before. I've made lots of notes about parts of the Bible, but I thought I want to see the whole Bible and how do I do this? How do I get started? I wasn't sure what I would do or how to do it. So I would read the chapter, which is a good place to start in Bible study and Bible meditation. It's just to read it. And then I would, I started to make notes. So what does this say? What's this talking about? I would summarize the chapter or sometimes paraphrase parts of it in my own words. And then I would look for what are some of the principles that can be found in this passage? And maybe we'll come to this a little bit more later in the conversation. But I would also say, what am I supposed to do about this? So what are some applications? Sometimes I would write a prayer of response. So I I really wasn't sure where I was heading, but I started and now five years later, I am on the second to last chapter of the Bible. I'm on Revelation 21 today. Tomorrow or the next day, I will get to Revelation 22. And somewhere in there just several weeks ago, this now well-worn, beloved Bible fell Mm. apart. (laughs) The cover just fell off because it's become such a treasure to me. I mean, the Word of God is a treasure, whether we write in it, whether the cover is new or used. But I've walked with this Bible. I've taken it everywhere. I've engaged in it. Uh, Pages are dog-eared. And sometimes I've spent days on a page or Mm -hmm. a chapter. Sometimes I've gone a little faster. Uh, I've gone slower and slower as I've gone through the Bible because I just love steeping. Parking in the passage, soaking in it, saying, what is this about? And you get to some of those really hard passages. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, okay, I'm not going to go through this. I'm not going to just race through this. My goal was not to get done. My goal was not to accomplish, you know, so many chapters a week or to get through in a particular amount of time. I had no idea how long it would take. And I said, this takes a year or five years or 10 years. That's okay. I want to meet with God in his word each day. And so now I have in front of me this, it's probably my most 
precious possession is I have many Bibles I've been through over the years and I've loved each one, but this one is special because they're dated. And so I can go back to, I'm right now open to Jeremiah 20 and I was in that passage on June the 3rd of 2019 and I can go back and it's amazing how what I was reading that day often had so much to do with the season of life I was in or getting ready to go into. Mm-hmm. And so now as I come to the end of this Bible, and I know people are reading through the Bible, and you're many were reading Revelation these past weeks, and you know what an incredible, beautiful, breathtaking sight it is after all you've been through in the Scripture to see what God has stored up for those who love him and those who are in Christ. So it's it's become so precious to me, and I've found that by writing about Scripture, there's something that helps me process it better in my head and in my heart, that if I'm just reading it and thinking about it. Now, there's not one right way to do this, and I'm not saying journaling makes you more spiritual, or, uh, but I have found that it has helped me a lot in processing what I'm reading thinking about it. It's helped me not to be so distracted. And I am the queen of distraction when it comes (laughs) even to my quiet time. I am. But it's helped me to concentrate, to focus, and to get so much more out of the scripture than I ever knew I could. And I'll tell you, Chris, I've been reading through the Bible since I was able to read, Mm. since I was a little girl. Maybe I don't know, 50, 60, 70 times, maybe more through the scripture over these years. But this has been the most precious time to me just because of stopping to steep, to Mm -hmm. savor, to park in the passage and to let it get into me as I get into it. So it's been a now the sweet thing is I have a friend who uh, she was, I think, 15 when we started this. And I said, Karia, would you like a part time job? And so for the last five years, I've been sending her screenshots of my handwritten pages and pretty much only she and I are pretty much the only two people who can read my handwriting. (laughs) She has been transcribing every one of these pages. So we now have all of this on the Google Doc so I can go back and refer to it and read it better, more easily than I can with the handwriting. So it's turned into a journey for her through the scripture. Now she's 20 years old and all these years now she's been steeping in God's word with me as we've done this together. So when you say journal, when I think of a journal, it's a personal thing. It's, it's, uh, you know, this happened to me and um, here's what I'm feeling. This is the anxiety that I have right now in my life. Do you include any of your current, the thing that you're going through in the journal as you're going through Lamentations or Matthew or any portion of the scripture? I've done a lot of that kind of journaling over the years, but this has not been that. This has just been, now, of course, what I'm going through informs how I'm reading and taking in the scripture. And there's some of that, but mostly it's, Lord, speak to me. Help me understand this passage. Why did you give these nine chapters of genealogies to us in First Chronicles. Uh, what's the point of this? What's the purpose of it? The scripture says that every word of God is inspired and it's profitable for our learning, for our understanding to correct us, to direct us. So I believe that. Now, some passages are like way more enjoyable to read, but every passage is necessary. So I'm, I'm wanting to learn about 
What does this passage teach me about God, about mankind, about myself, about mm-hmm. sin, about Christ, about the gospel, about God's redemptive plan and story? Are there promises to trust here? Are there commands to be obeyed? Are there warnings, things to watch out for? Are there examples to follow or to avoid? Those are the kinds of questions I'm asking myself. Not all of those questions about every passage, or you would never get through a passage. But I'm asking the Holy Spirit to direct me as I read, to illuminate the Scripture to my understanding. And then after I journal about the Scripture, I take that with me in my heart into my day. So as I'm living out my day, what I've just been studying and reading and pondering, steeping in, helps me respond to whatever happens in that day or whoever God brings into my day. I can't tell you how many times whatever I've been journaling, reading and journaling about that morning, I get a call or a text or an email that day and someone is needing something I just saw in the scripture that I'm able then to share, to encourage them, to pray for them, to uh, to bless them with. So I'm interacting with it in the context of everyday life. But what I'm writing is really about the scripture. Hmm. It's not a personal. Now, that could be a way somebody else might do this is to journal right. about how this speaks to you in terms of where you are at this moment. Nothing wrong with that. But for me, this has just been about I want to understand God's word and then take it into my life so I know how to apply it in the actual warp and woof of my life. I love warp and woof. Um, how do you, is there a certain prayer that you pray every day when you open, you know, you're, you're in Genesis or you're in Luke? Is there a prayer? I remember Howard Hendricks would say, before we, uh, I give you the message, let's talk to the author of this book, you know, and he would pray, God, open our eyes, uh, or something from Psalm 119. Uh, that sure. I can see t- treasures in your word. Is there a prayer that you pray every day? There has. I've done that many times over the years. In fact, there's one I've used many times. I haven't done it on this trip through. I'm just. I've prayed. You know, speak to me, Lord. Let me know your word. Some passages from Scripture. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. That which I see. Teach me that that which I see not. Teach me. Show me your ways, and I will obey your paths. So I've done that in the past many, many, many times, but this time I just sit myself down in the chair, open my Bible. Uh, sometimes I will reference a, a a Bible app that has a study Bible or a commentary on it because there are plenty of passages that I'm thinking, I have no idea what that's really talking about. So I use some helps, but I start by reading it. I'm like, I'm in Revelation 21. I mentioned that right now, which is about the new Jerusalem and the coming down out of heaven from God. And it's, it's glorious. Uh, But I start by reading it. I'm observing I'm observing words that are repeated, and it comes after chapter 20, which I just spent the last few days on, and chapter 20 is all about hell and the lake of fire and the demons and Satan and non-unrepentant sinners being thrown, and it's a very dark chapter. Then you get to chapter 21 after you've been soaking in Revelation 20 for a few days, and you think, wow, this is what's in store for me. 
for those who believe in Christ about the beauty, the grandeur, the magnificence of this holy city, and it's the bride of Christ, and we're a part of that. So I, I look for repeated phrases for things that are emphasized. I highlight with my pen, and a, I've used a pink marker. Don't ask me why, but that's what I've used in this uh, time through the Bible, and I'm highlighting things that stand out or that are repeated. So I, I read it, I think about it prayerfully, carefully, and then if I'm really, I'm just stumped, like, I'm not, I don't want to get this wrong. I want to understand it better, so I'll, I will open up a study Bible on my phone, an app that I have, or uh, John MacArthur's study Bible has been helpful to me in this journey. And I'll see what others have thought this passage means, and then think about it some more. And then I start writing. And what I'm writing is not, it was never intended to be published. It was never intended, like, I'm not writing a book. Right. I'm interacting with the Lord. So I didn't worry about polishing it or editing it or refining it or I, I I've made scratched out places and I'm okay with that uh, there's you know I'm this is not for the public this is for my own heart so that my public life and relationships can be filled with mm. the word of God and I will have something of worth and beauty and value to offer them more than just my own thoughts so the agenda is speak Lord I'm ready to listen What Nancy is doing in this conversation is modeling for us her own personal process, her own day-by-day entering into God's presence and allowing Him access to her heart. And if it excites you, I hope you'll stay with us. There's more coming straight ahead on Moody Radio. talking about the power of God's Word and unleashing it in your life today at the Radio Backyard Fence. We'll get right back to Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth. But you know what? That same idea of unleashing God's Word in people's lives, that's what CareNet wants to happen in the lives of women and men who contact them and say, we're facing an unplanned pregnancy and we don't know what to do. There are resources, there are places you can go and places you can call who will say, hey, that's easy, come on down, just pay this, and your problem, quote-unquote, your problem is over. But CareNet says that does not really do what God wants you to do in your life because they are a pro-abundant life ministry, and they believe in the worth of every unborn and born child. They also believe that unleashing the gospel in the lives of men and women, that's where the real ministry is. That's why they developed the Making Life Disciples program to help churches get involved in the lives of those men and women facing unplanned pregnancies. So would you do this for me? Go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org, click the green CareNet button, and you can find out more about that work that they're doing, someone in your life, someone you know needs CareNet today. Find out more. Go to chrisfabrylive.org and click the green CareNet button right there. Nancy Damas Walgamuth joined us in November of 2022, and she said, let's talk about Bible journaling. So there are a few questions that I, I need to ask in this segment. One is... 
What do you do with the inevitable distractions that do come up? That, you know, you're journaling in the Psalms and you remember it's Robert's birthday today or something at work, you know, you have to Actually, do. Actually, Robert's birthday is coming up and that happened to me really? this morning. So, yes. And if it's not that, it can be any one of a jillion other things. And I've read some of the most saintly, godly, respected Christian leaders over the centuries, and they all say the same thing. It happens to them, too. So, you know, it happens. And the devil doesn't want us to focus or concentrate on the Word of God. So I don't want to chalk it all up to the devil. I'm just saying our minds wander, and he doesn't want us to get everything we can out of it. But, you know, I don't beat myself up about that. Uh, Sometimes I stop and take the distraction, depending what it is, maybe too often. Uh, but I but I get back to the mm-hmm. word, and sometimes I'll let the distraction is maybe it's a text from somebody who has a particular prayer need or whatever. I'll let it become part of my yes. time with the Lord. Uh, pray for that person, for that situation, or think at, based on what I've just been reading. How could I encourage that person who's in a really hard place? So it really is not so, the issue is not so much like did I have this uninterrupted? Let's, every mom with little ones. Like, they don't know what an uninterrupted 30-minute period is. <laughs> so don't, you know, you know your season of life, and the point is that you get into God's Word. You let it get into you, and, and you keep going, you little by little, one day at a time. And, you know, I to me, the writing things down has helped not eliminate, but diminish distractions. It's helped me to concentrate better. So it's like people have said that some people will tell you that praying out loud can help with limiting and diminishing the distractions. Well, I found that in journaling the Bible, that it's it just helps me focus better. And sometimes I, I get pulled away for 30 minutes or an hour, and then I realize all that time's gone, and I didn't get through three verses. And maybe that's it for the day, or maybe I go back to it. I have the kind of job where I can do that. During the day, I can come back to it at different times, and sometimes I come back to it late at night. So I don't want to make a prescription out of this. certainly don't want to make laws out of it. Uh, But the thing is, make sure you're getting into the Word. And as you're writing things down about it, if you choose to go that way, you will find, I think, you will find yourself getting way more out of it. Hmm. You know, it's the same thing for me with prayer, you know, and I'll be be praying along, and then I'll realize, wait, I got to call my mechanic, and I, <laughs> I got to fa- exactly. find out what's wrong with that, you know, with that car. And instead of beating myself up for that, I'll say, well, Lord, here we are. You know, Mike is the guy that works on my cars. Mike, you know, Mike, you know what's going on in his life. I need to call him later. Or maybe I'll just jot that down on a note. I'll say, would you, would you do something in Mike's heart today? Would you? I don't know why that popped into my mind, but I he did. And thank you for his help. You know, I can't fix it. You know, you just allow that to happen, and then you come back instead of being so frustrated that my mind works this way. No, just just let it be part of, as you said, the warp and woof. Now. What if you have a hard time, though, setting that time aside and and struggling? That's where Kim is right now in Tennessee. Kim, you're on with Nancy. Go right ahead. Hey, good afternoon. How are you all? Doing great. Thank you. Good. Um, my question is this. I, I'm a newer believer, and 
sometimes I look at my quiet time as just something on my to-do list. Um, and, you know, something else to be done during the day, something else to accomplish. Because I hear your, your joy coming through in your voice when you're talking about this, Nancy. How do I find that joy? But not your joy, my joy. How do I find yes. that? And not just something, okay, did my quiet time, check. <laughs> Let me tell you this, Kim, and every one of us has been where you are. And many, many times, the longer you've been a Christian, the more times you've been there. So what you're experiencing is totally normal. But when Robert Wagamuth came into my life and started calling me, emailing me, uh, texting me, you know, this was not something on my to-do list. It wasn't, oh, I have to get time to read that email or I have to get time to take this phone call. This was a man who I could tell loved me and was pursuing my heart, and God was awakening love in my heart, and it was a joy. And somehow, I found time. If you'd asked me before we started dating, if I had an extra, you know, hour or two or three a day to spend time connecting to Robert Wagamuth, I would have said, no way, my days are full. But when this man came into my life, I realized there were some things that just weren't as important, and they kind of fell away. It, w- it wasn't a have to. It was a, this is a joy, this new budding relationship. And as a new believer, you've probably experienced some of that. And I find that the more I get into God's word, even now I'm coming up on my, um, I want to say 60th or 59th spiritual birthday this spring, all these years later, knowing Jesus all these years, the more time I spend with him, the more time I want to be with him the more I realized how much he loves me, how much he's pursuing my heart, how much I need him, the more it becomes a joy. Now, that doesn't mean that every time I'm in the word, it's like, oh, this is a mountaintop experience, because it's not. Sometimes it's just like, keep the pen moving, keep your eyes moving on the page. But I find that if I'm doing that consistently, sometime every day possible, that over time, this becomes something I just, I don't want to miss. I don't want to be without it. And I think you'll find that, you know, the the more we eat physically, the more full we get and we start like, oh, don't give me any more, you know, you get stuff. Some of us did that over the holidays. But when it comes to spiritual food, the more we eat God's word, the more we drink of Christ, the living water, The more we know his love, his grace, his mercy, his kindness, the more we go, oh, Jesus, I just, I want more of you. I I want more time with you. I, you know, a friend, I saw a friend um, posted on Instagram this past weekend, and she, she was getting into God's word in a fresh way over the holidays. And she said, I found yesterday that I was going an hour or two, and I wanted I, if I didn't have things to do at home, I would have just kept going because I wanted more. We need to ask God, just like, give us appetite for you. Give us longing for you. Give us more love for you. And the more we get into this word, there's something so precious and powerful about God's word that as we're motivating, as we're meditating on it, it explodes in our hearts. Not every day, all in the same way. I don't want to sound like it's never hard or boring or, you know, dull. But I'm telling you that more often than not, I find this sacred word does something in me that nothing and no one else can do. So 
you dive in, you take the time you can give, and then I think God gives you appetite and longing for more. Kim, what do you think about that? I, I, I love what she just said because it's, it's, I had not looked at it from that perspective. And so I think that's true because it it is a love letter from God. That's, that's what the Bible is. And, and so if I look at it like that, um, it, that, thank you. That was very helpful. I'm so glad you got the fact that you asked. There are people are asking that same kind of question. And I've, for me, Nancy, I've found that when I get into the rut of feeling like, uh, you know, I got to do this, I have to do this, part of the thing that I'm checking off the list, I realize that what I, uh, internally what's going on is I'm making, I'm, I'm making God love me more by, by doing this rather than not spending time with him. And I'm, I'm trying to get him to like me more. And when I realize he already loves me, he already, you know, he sees what he said about Jesus when he was, came up from his baptism. This is my beloved son. God feels the same way about me as he did his one and only son because I am in his son. It is, can, do yes. I understand that? No. Yeah. But that's the way he feels about me. Yeah, it's precious. It's powerful. Uh, there is something. The, the Word of God is alive. It's not like any other book you could read. It's not like any other book you could read about the Bible, including the 20-some books I've written. If you're going to read just one book, don't buy mine. Don't buy Chris's. Sorry, Chris. Get the word and get into that. If you have time to read more, read Chris's books, read my books, read my husband's books, and uh, lots of books from Moody Publishers. But I'm telling you, all of those pale into insignificance. They're cheap compared to the riches, the diamonds, the treasures of God's word, which is alive in us. And sometimes even when we don't feel like it's doing anything in us, it actually really is. It's growing us. It's maturing us. It's drawing us closer to the Lord. And then we look back after a spell and we've been going down this road and we say, wow, I'm not in the same place by God's grace that I was six months ago or a year ago or a week ago. Because God has been at work in me by his Holy Spirit through the power of his word. That's Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth, and this is Chris Fabry Live. Back at the beginning of 2023, we aired this program, and you're hearing it again here at the end of the year. I hope it's encouraging to you. I hope it really thrusts you into your own study of God's word. You'll hear more from Nancy straight ahead here on Moody Radio. Thanks for your support of the Radio Backyard Fence. A big thank you to Jessica and Hialeah, Florida, who became a monthly partner with us. She's going to get my Back Fence post coming on Thursday. Oh, I think you'll enjoy that, Jessica. And if you want to be a partner with us and give each month, just go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org, chrisfabrylive.org, and you can find out how to do that right there. Wanted to have Nancy DeMoss-Walgam on with us here on the very first of the year Draw me a little deeper into this, because in uh, back before Christmas, I was in Luke 2, and I got stuck at verse 41 through 50. And basically, uh, let's just read the uh, that passage. Every year his parents traveled to Jerusalem for the Passover festival when he was 12 years old. 
They went up according to the custom of the festival. After those days were over, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. And it goes on, and uh, when they finally found him, his mother said, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked them. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. And then, verse 51, he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And I got stuck on the question that he asked, why were you searching for me? And I'm thinking, we're crying out loud. <laughs> they're your parents, Jesus. Of course they're going to be searching for you. And I, as I ruminated, steeped like you said, I thought, well, wait a minute. The question is not, why were you searching for me? The question was more, why weren't you looking for me here? Didn't you know this is where I would be? This is the mission that I've got. Even at 12 years old, yes. there was the sense that he, he knew that this is why. He, and the other question I had was, where in the world did he stay? Where did the young Jesus <laughs> at 12 years old, did one of the Pharisees take him in at night? You know, could that have been Nicodemus who later, you know, all of these questions that, that came from just the, the, this scene, what did you journal there? Well, what you just said, Chris, is a great illustration of how you do this and that there's not one right way, because those were questions I didn't ask in, <laughs> when I was journaling in that passage. I asked other questions, but if, if you were journaling or someone were, they might come to those questions, jot them down think about it on paper, and it helps to flesh out. Like, you just got me going. I want to go back to that passage now. <laughs> but here's just a little bit of what I wrote when I came to that passage, which was on a little different train of thought. It says, I wrote, Jesus was drawn to the house of his heavenly Father. That's where his heart was, yes. as our hearts should be. In his youth, in his youth, he modeled piety and humility in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. That's a sign of humility, being a learner. He took the place of a learner, he who was wisdom incarnate. Yet even at the age of 12, he exhibited understanding and answers that astounded those who heard him. Mm -hmm. He had been listening, learning, and growing in understanding throughout his childhood. He knew who he was and whose he was. His understanding even then surpassed that of his parent, appearance. There was a sense of being compelled to be in his father's house. That is where he truly belonged. And I went on uh, about him growing and going back home to live in humble obedience to his parents, like back to a normal everyday life, and that there's something holy about the everydayness of what God calls us to and about uh, and, and about how young people can have this love for Christ and this wisdom. So that's kind of what I unpacked. But if I were to go through it again, which I hope to be able to before I see Jesus, I wanted to go back through it and I would have fresh questions. So it's doing just what you demonstrated and that's like not just reading it, like skipping over the surface, but stopping and thinking like what, like asking questions of the text. What does this mean? What did he, and Chris, you're, a, you're great at fiction and nonfiction writing, but as a fiction author, you're always thinking of what did this look like? How did this happen? Right. And those are great. That's a great lens to apply. Now, some of those questions we will never 
know the answers to because God doesn't tell us. But some of those questions, by stopping to think about them, we will get just more insight into who Jesus was, why he came, why we need him, and how we can be more like him. Well, it it really puts flesh to, you know, the, these aren't just uh, flannel graphs. figures. Or, exactly. Right, exactly. This is, these yeah. are real people. And I look at those, you know, 18 years later, Jesus comes on the scene, and it's a very different thing that's going on in the temple and the way that they respond to him. But here they are listening to him. He is listening to them and asking questions. But they are, it seems to me, welcoming to him at this point in his life and are amazed, astounded at his understanding. And so I hope, I'll just call a timeout right there. We won't take any more of your calls, but I wanted to have Nancy on here to give you the permission to, I think one of the best things that you've said in, as I, I look through some of your tips and pointers here, and I'll, I'll put these on Facebook or a few of them on Facebook. One of the best things is don't rush through this. Take your time. Let it be what it is. That's really good, isn't it? Yeah. Don't be in a hurry that you're not, your goal isn't to run a race or to, um, you know, go through all of the Bible in a certain amount of time. I think it's important that we do soak in different parts of the scripture. You may not start in Genesis 1, although a lot of people are doing that here at this time of year, but just get started. Soak in it and then do what Chris and I just did, which is have a conversation with others. Here's what I saw in this. What did you see? We have these conversations and then we, through that means, can grow even more in our love for Jesus and his word. Here's an email. Uh, where does one go to be to apply to be Nancy's transcriber <laughs> if she needs a new one? She said there'd be nothing better than gleaning from uh, Nancy's God-devoted mind. Only half kiddingly, she says. Uh, but Nancy, this no agenda here other than to inspire people to get into God's Word for themselves. Thank you for lighting a fire under us today and uh, coming alongside us. Thank you, Chris, for loving his word and helping us get into it. That's Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth. And now it's your turn. Get that journal. You go to the grocery store and buy, uh, you know, just a a journal or a a little notebook that you can start doing this. Or if you've got a Bible with the space, you know, for writing, you can do that as well. And if you go to our Facebook page, we're going to post some of the things that Nancy has said from her Instagram on how to do what we've been talking about here today. God bless you, friend. Thanks a lot for coming alongside us. Go to the website. You can find out more about Nancy, our featured resource, and more, chrisfabrylive.org. Our program is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Thanks for listening.